Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our fourth official episode of Pass the Salt. And this is our second um, installment of our seminar series where we're chatting with all different leaders who shared seminars at our Impact Festival. And so today you're going to hear a conversation with two of our Salt and Light summer interns, uh, Juliana Chen and Jeremy Beatty. I am big fans of Jay and Jay. They are incredible people, wise beyond their years, and they took um, a really important topic and they presented it at Impact in their seminar just so well. Um, so their seminar was called Why Racial Reconciliation is Integral to the Gospel and Your Youth Group. And it is really true that racial reconciliation is something that needs to be talked about. It is integral. And we see throughout scriptures how God and how Jesus cares so much about justice and about people who are misrepresented or misheard, and, and God cares about reconciling all of us back to God. And so in their seminar, they talked in some really in-depth conversations with youth leaders and then also with students about racial justice and about all of these um, important topics. So today's episode is really for anyone. Um, specifically, though, we talk a lot of uh, to youth leaders in particular, and then also to students. Um, but parents, I think, could get a lot of wonderful tidbits from this uh, conversation as well. So I hope that you guys are encouraged and blessed. Listen, if you have questions or if you want to continue this dialogue and conversation, send us a message. Um, you can contact us at our website, snoym.com. You can find us on Facebook, Salt and Light Youth Ministry, or on our Instagram page, snoym. We would love to chat with you. And if you want me to connect you with Juliana and Jeremy, I'm sure they'd love to talk to you as well. Except Jeremy's about to study abroad in Italy. He leaves September 1st. So this is his farewell um, from America. This is us, our farewell to Jeremy via Pass the Salt podcast. We love you, Jeremy. Fun fact, if you are someone who enjoys behind the scenes, this conversation that I have with Juliana and Jeremy was filmed on two, filmed, recorded on two different days. So the first half of the conversation we shared together back in the beginning of July. And then we were actually at an event and we had some downtime where the three of us weren't needed. And so we stepped aside and we recorded this podcast and then we had to get back to work. So we paused and then we didn't get a chance to chat again until after impact. So it's kind of interesting because you hear their perspective, like preparing their seminar and getting ready for impact versus halfway through our conversation shifts and we talk about how impact has happened and we get to hear how their seminar went. So that's sort of a fun little um, fact for you guys as we pass the salt. So let's get to it, everyone. Here's why racial reconciliation is integral to the gospel and your youth group. Let's pass the salt. Oh. 
Great, baby mama. <laughs> no, I'm definitely keeping that in. <laughs> Okay, so we are here with Juliana and Jeremy. Hello. Hello. Can you each tell us your names, your ages, where you go to school, um, and any work that you're doing, I guess, aside from Salt and Light, if that's the case? Uh, Yeah, so I guess since I'm holding the mic, I'll go first. (laughs) Um, My name is Jeremy Beatty. I am 20 years old. I go to Temple University. Um, and outside of Salt and Light, um, a lot of times I kind of work with this organization that I grew up with uh, in the summer, and they do a lot of summer camp stuff like that as well. Nice. I'm Juliana Chen. I am 21 years old. I currently am going to Masai University studying elementary and special education. Nice. Um, yeah, outside of Salt and Light, I tutor and I substitute. So, Juliana, this is your second, I guess, summer? Yeah. Yeah. Would yeah. last year have been your second summer? Last year would have been my second summer. But so then COVID ruined COVID. that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is your third. Yeah. Okay. And Jeremy, this is summer number one. How's your summers going? Just tell us. Uh, the summer has been great so far. Um, a lot of lot of early mornings, but mm. you get used to that. Um, but you know, you do what you all do. in all, I think I've enjoyed just every like activity that we've had and every uh, worship night and things like that. Nice. Yeah, it's been super good to be back in, like, doing service and ministry with people. I think that's something I really missed, um, was, like, being in person with a team and going out to other communities who are already active doing stuff. So it's been really refreshing to be welcomed by a lot of new groups and, like, have a whole new team to serve with together. So, yeah. So one of the things that we're looking forward to just um, a little over a week away is Impact. Mm -hmm. And that is our big festival where we do um, music, we have worship bands and speakers, and we have seminars where people can talk about really interesting and diverse topics. And you guys are going to be sharing a seminar together um, that I think is really important and special, but I don't want to put too much pressure on it to be amazing, (laughs) but it's going to be great. So can you tell us the title of your seminar? Yeah. So the title of our seminar is why racial reconciliation is integral to the gospel. Mm. Slash your youth group. (laughs) Slash your youth group. Yes. So I want to read the synopsis that you guys wrote about your seminar. Um, So this is what you said. Um, Have you felt out of place, ill-equipped, or weary around conversations of racial reconciliation? Come learn how you as a youth leader can facilitate conversations around racial justice and help others understand how God calls us to use our voices in these spaces. So what brought, besides the Lord, what (laughs) brought you both to the decision to lead this? Actually, this is a fun fact. When I was typing this in Google Docs, I was going to type the sentence, what brought you both to the decision to lead this seminar? 
but Google suggested the word conversation, and I liked it a lot because your emphasis is on conversations in your seminar, mm -hmm. but this is going to be, like, hopefully a very open space and a, a good space for people to ask questions and to learn and to learn from both of you. So what brought you both to the decision to lead this seminar, this conversation? Okay. Um, yeah, so... I had only attended one impact um, before. That was my first summer on Salt and Light. Mm. Um, and I knew how influential those seminars that I had been to were for myself personally. Um, and something that I knew both Jeremy and I were both super passionate about was racial reconciliation, specifically yeah. in the church, um, and how our identity as Christians mm. ties into so much of these conversations. And something that I feel is like lacking often is that Christian perspective in a lot of these conversations. And so um, I was honored that Jeremy was willing to be a part of it with me. And um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so on my side of things, when uh, Juliana like asked me, like, hey, do you want to help out with this, this seminar? Uh, for me, it was just the thought that this conversation isn't had yeah. very often. Um, and even growing up, um, just in the church, being in the church, how often I've seen the conversation kind of skipped over mm -hmm. or just kind of like they'll mention the idea of having the conversation and then just kind of go around it, but never fully diving into it and, um, you know, opening that up to the body and to yeah. the, the members of the church. So I was very excited when Jay reached out to me and she was like, hey, you want to help out with this seminar? Wow. Oh my gosh, you're both J's. Yeah, J and J. It's the J and J seminar. The J and J. <laughs> That's a better title. Blah. Racial <laughs> reconciliation. Not associated with Johnson and Johnson. Not, not, not oh associated. right, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, about these things and shine light. That's what shine light does, right? It adds flavor and it shines light. So when have you seen the church do a good job of handling racial uh, reconciliation and, and just conversations around racial topics? And then when have you also seen the church uh, fall short and kind of miss the mark on where they could do better, maybe? So one kind of, I guess, story that I have that I thought was a really good uh, moment in the church mm. was for the the church that I personally uh, went to um, during two summer, summers ago, I believe it was, or last summer. Yeah, last summer uh, with the uh, uprise with the, the murder of George Floyd mm. um, and all the BLM protests and things like that. Uh, the leader of my church had a lot of different meetings with the, um, our elders. And in those meetings, she would say, hey, if you do not identify as someone who is marginalized or mm -hmm. someone who is looked at as, as less than historically, right. you do not have a say in this meeting. Mm. Right. So you have to sit there and listen. Hmm. Um, and I thought that was a really good moment, um, at least for my, my church individually. Yeah. Um, where I see, personally kind of see things fall short is outside of my church, you never really see a, a 
activity, I guess, Mm -hmm. led by a church group or a church body that Mm -hmm. says, hey, we're going to go out into the community and we're going to fight for these justices. Um, You know, generally you'll see it if the church is kind of pressured to do so, Mm -hmm. but it'll never be that I've seen. It has never been them making that first step on their own. Mm. And I want to add, just while it's hot on my mind, I was just reading in Isaiah, and I forget exactly the chapter in the 40s of Isaiah, and (laughs) somewhere in the 40s, (laughs) and um, Isaiah has this word from the Lord just saying, like, why have my people stopped caring about justice? Mm -hmm. And, like, why aren't you um, fighting for justice for those Mm -hmm. who, like, don't have a voice? Like, why have you stopped that? And that hit me because I think the church has lost so much of what, so much of what Jesus did was justice work. And I can't speak for every church, Mm. but generally what you see is like Instagram posts, but maybe not action. So anyways, I need to shut my mouth because (laughs) I just got excited thinking about that Bible verse, but Juliana has the microphone. So go Uh, ahead. No, thank you for saying that. That's yeah. I appreciate that. Um, I think something that I've seen that the church has done um, well in um, some spaces that I've been blessed to be a part of um, when there were um, just things that were upsetting to different marginalized communities, whether that was um, a more recent shooting or Mm -hmm. it was um, just a community that was being targeted. Um, There was actually at my college ministry, um, they held different spaces specifically dedicated to pray over that, Mm -hmm. Um, that it wasn't washed over and said, hey, like we're gonna pray for all of the bad things that are going on in the world and they just kind of like taglined it Mm -hmm. um, that they dedicated a space for that and so um, that that was opened up to if whether someone identified with that community personally or I think it also challenged a lot of the members to pray for something that maybe they wouldn't be praying for Mm -hmm. Um, something that maybe would be put on the back burner for them or some of the people um, that had come out to the prayer night didn't even know um, that some of these things had happened. And so mm. it challenged them to a good uncomfortability to say, okay, mm. I don't know wh- why we're holding this, but I should know. Mm. And I want to know and I desire to know because I have the desire to restore and amend um, what has been broken and clearly there are hurting people. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that pushed people into a, a good level of like, action too to be able to do something um that it wasn't just they were informed and they didn't know what to do with it that they had the space to surrender that to the lord Mm. do you have any examples of when you've seen the church fall short (laughs) um yes i think at a in a similar um fashion sometimes those events um well I think they, the intention is right, yeah. um, but there can be a disconnect with the, tension, the intention and the impact that has. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you hold an event that is specifically dedicated to um, either pray for or um, provide space for people who feel marginalized, um, let's say back when there was a lot of... Um, tension, and there still is, but within Asian American communities, um, 
and you say that this space is for them and yet you don't reach out to hmm. anyone who you know would identify like that. You like market it the same way that you have been, even though you know that no one in your community has looked like that or yeah. identified that with that. And so that ends up coming across so the impact that that has um, can appear as performance activism or hmm. just taking the opportunity to say, okay, I don't really know what we we're going to do this like night, so why don't we just do this? Because this is current, and it's a hot topic on social media. And while the imp the intent can be different, it can be pure. Yeah. Um, the impact that that can cause when it appears out of normal, or um, that you don't see the action, kind of like Jeremy was talking, yeah. behind the scenes of going out into communities and and doing outreach with real relationship. Um, that then there is that disconnect. Yeah, it's like um, actions speak louder than words. Yeah. And that's ringing true for the church. I love one of the things you said, um, like a good uncomfortability. Mm -hmm. And often we associate being uncomfortable with bad, but it doesn't always have to be a negative thing. Sometimes we need to be uncomfortable to grow and to learn and to be humbled. And this is something a lot of people need to experience <laughs> right now. Um, so... I love that you guys chose the word um, reconciliation um, in your synopsis and, and just in this whole theme of your seminar. Why is reconciliation important to, to the both of you when it comes to, to racial reconciliation? You don't want to chose reconciliation. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, this word, there's um, 2 Corinthians 5.17 is one of my favorite verses. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that as Christians, we are called to be reconcilers. I mean, the definition of like reconciliation is to amend, to fix yeah. what has been broken. And I think that that really gets at the core of what Jesus was all about. Um, like he suffered and died a awful death to reconcile hmm. us back to him. Right. Um, and so I think that at the heart of it, that that is what Jesus wants us to remember and also live out a life as, um, and specifically like with racial reconciliation, um, I'm reminded a lot of Martin Luther King's, um, he had this idea of, um, negative peace, um, where like you, it, it's basically the r racial justice, but without like the reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like negative pieces is, is missing that, that truth of relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it, it's trying to like wash over, okay, that was really bad and an ugly thing that happened and we want to like feel better about it. So we're just going to like kind of move on and like mm -hmm. everything's okay now. Um, and that's not what true reconciliation is because then you can be left with a lot of bitterness and mm. heartache and bias and prejudice that lasts years like we see now. And yeah. so um, I think reconciliation is just more powerful than uh, any sort of false peace um, mm. because reconciliation truly gets at the heart of um, what justice looks like with love. And I think that mm. that is what Jesus lived a life as to reconcile with justice and love because yeah. you need both. Mm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Jeremy, anything to add? Uh, sure. I think Juliana kind of 
hit the nail on the head for this yeah, one, but she, um, she she went all in. <laughs> um, but I think for me, um, when looking up like the definition of of reconciliation, the part that I kind of hung on to was like if you look it up, it'll say uh, restoring friendly relations. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, the point that I kind of hung on to was the relations part. Um, because when you're in relation, when you are in some type of relationship with someone, especially if you're, it's a friendly one, it becomes that much easier to have the conversations in the mm-hmm. first place. Um, and then, of course, in having the conversations, it becomes easier to see the other person's world and what they have to go through and what they have to live through. And when you're able to see that, you're able to take those actions that in the the other question that you were saying, like, oh, well, how has the church fallen short? Well, if the church is in relation with this demographic and they Mm -hmm. see this, then that'll happen less often. Um, So that's the part that kind of hung on to uh, with reconciliation. Yeah, it seems like when you look at history and you look at like the hurt that people are sharing, it seems like the at the root, perhaps one of the issues is that there hasn't been reconciliation. There's just been like nice words or like just sweeping things under the rug. And those are like pretty, but those don't heal. And like Jesus is the reconciler and we are reconcilers because of Christ. And so we need to be the hands and feet of Jesus to bring reconciliation. Welcome back, you guys. We took a little break for about a month (laughs) since the first half of that conversation. Um, And in that break, we had impact. Mm -hmm. So you both have done your seminar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, How did it go for you guys getting to talk about everything we'll continue talking about and have talked about so far with the public? Sure. Yeah, it went really well. Um, I was super grateful to be able to lead it with Jeremy. Um, I felt that the both groups that we had when we were leading the seminar were receptive and um, just really open to dialoguing with us about questions that they had themselves and um, things that were happening within their own youth groups. And so we both really appreciated being able to have those real conversations that were actually personal to like someone's story um, and provide like insight and also learn a lot from their own life about things that they walked through as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Yeah, just to kind of add on to that, um, I think we saw a lot of really good conversations uh, starting and a lot of good conversations continuing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was really cool to just see a lot of everyone's like different standpoints isn't the right word, like where they were in their journey of learning about uh, just this topic as a whole, Uh, being able to see everyone at their different places, but still trying to have these conversations with everyone was was really cool to see. It's amazing. I think it's great that there was, you know, an openness that people had and the theme for Impact was Mighty Close. And I'm proud of you guys for being mighty close with a topic that needs to be addressed and talked about. So I have two questions to kind of end our time together. Um, The first one would be, what are some practical tips that you guys have for leaders who want to have conversations um, around race and and racial justice and reconciliation 
Um, what are some, some tips you would give those leaders? Uh, I think one thing that I would say uh, is to not shy away from the topic as a whole and not be scared of the topic. Um, you know, as a leader, being able to take that initiative, even if you don't know everything about the topic, being able to say like, hey, this is what we're going to talk about. And then maybe that's all you say in the conversation. Say, hey, we're going to talk about this. And then you let everyone else talk or, you know, wherever you are, whoever you're talking to, being able to start the conversation and not be scared of what will come from the conversation. Yeah. Approach it openly and yeah. without fear. Yeah. Yeah, what else? Yeah, I think also, like Jeremy said, being able to approach it without like being afraid of being wrong, I think is huge because especially as a leader, you're setting that example of maybe you don't have all of the questions or the answers. And so like being able to be upfront and sincere about that, I think, gives a framework for kids to be like, okay, I don't need to have all of the right language to be able to participate in these conversations or even engage in them. Um, and I think also, like, as far as leadership goes, addressing your youth and figuring out what they want to know, what kind of questions they have, um, and being just open about asking them, like, what do you need to know? What What are things that confuse you? What are things that you feel like you need answers to? Um, and I think then being able to hold those, and if you don't feel like you can answer them like with confidence, then seek out people who you think could, um, or research yourself to find um, answers that you can start direct to direct them to take their own steps as well to figure out how to answer their own questions. Yeah. You guys might have already kind of answered this based on everything you just said right now, but are there things that you think youth groups could do better um, as a youth group um, navigating like a faith journey together in a world where we need to be talking about reconciliation and racial justice and all of those things that are really important. Uh, what can youth groups do well these days? Um, well, something that I kind of found interesting coming from the perspective of after having impact and after having our seminar um, and some of the conversations that we actually had with the students, um, one thing that I kind of realized is that like within youth group, um, although it's a nice, it's a great place for students, a lot of students still don't feel like supported within their youth group mm -hmm. or feel like they have a voice within their youth group. Mm -hmm. Um, so being able to provide that place where a student can speak up about something that they feel passionate about and they feel like hasn't been talked about and being able to support them and not just having the conversation, but if needed, bringing it up with someone else, someone else higher in the church or someone else outside of the church, yeah. um, being able to like give that support to that student yeah. um, is something that I feel like could improve in youth groups. Yeah. Uh, I think another thing Jeremy and I talked a lot about at our impact seminar was the concept of identity and how we talk a lot in youth group about our identity in Christ, but something that at least personally, we both have found that sometimes is missing is the space for race and conversations of faith. And so um, I think youth groups can continue to grow in being able to celebrate students' individuality and their culture and their home traditions and their language, like being sensitive to understanding what makes your students unique and different and 
um, not shying away from it in an effort to create unity, um, that like sometimes that individuality can be washed over when in actuality you can miss out on a chance to be able to celebrate that and champion that in your students. So I think that youth groups can um, work and continue to work towards being able to celebrate those things in their students. Yeah, it seems like, I don't know, I kind of gathered three takeaways from what you both said, and one is like to celebrate the unique identities of our youth groups and the families that our youth group members are a part of, um, celebrate what makes us who we are, and making like legitimate space for that, not just like cool (laughs) like real space for that um and also i loved everything you said jeremy about like we need to have as leaders a willingness Mm. to have hard conversations and a willingness to listen to the things that our youth group students and and members maybe don't feel like they are being heard about or they don't feel like they have a space to talk about in youth group um and another thing you said that is important is this could be an area in youth ministry where other members of the church can mm-hmm. support the youth leaders. We need to seek out the support of our pastors or whatever pastoral team a church has that can be prayerfully like helping lead these yeah. really important moments. Because imagine if students from youth group had these meaningful experiences, like they could graduate youth group feeling like they were valued and they mm-hmm. were heard or that they learned how to be a better member of society um that's all super valuable um last question is any advice that you would have for students who are engaging in conversations around race faith-based conversations too face-to-face or on social media just the way that they are presenting themselves or asking questions or learning any advice that you have for the teenagers listening Um, one of the things that Jeremy and I opened our seminar with was we asked that um, everyone would assume the best intentions of the people that were asking questions and also the people that were answering questions. Um, and I think that that's something that I myself have to remind myself of when I'm on social media, especially um, that like to work towards assuming the best of people, because there is a lot of um, hurt and pain that can come from that distance between someone's intentions versus the impact that that has. Um, And so, like, just reminding youth to it's okay to, if if something is off-putting or um, even maybe, like, causing tension in your own heart with what you believe, like, assume the best of them because we are all created in the image of God and there's room and grace for everyone. And so, um, and with that being said, too, I'd say there's also always room to grow. And so, Um, I think there can be a lot of shame associated with at some point in your life not knowing the answers to something or maybe um, speaking out in a way that you were ashamed of or having an opinion that you no longer believe. Um, I would remind youth and adults alike that there's always space to grow and and change how um, you view something, change your opinion of something as you yourself learn and grow as a person. So, Yeah, humility. Um, Yeah, just kind of going off of that a little bit and also similar to what I said for the leaders, um, but for students not being afraid to to be wrong um, in these conversations. And with that, not just like being wrong and being okay with that, but like if you are wrong, don't don't be afraid to be wrong and know that's okay that you 
were wrong in that moment, but take the steps to find out how to correct that and how to grow from that. Um, you know, because, you know, every, no matter who you talk to and who you ask, everyone's learning something new in these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's important is after you've made that mistake or you've learned that new thing, how do you apply that uh, to your life? So, you know, know that it's okay to be wrong, but with that, know that, um, you know, you need to continue to try and take those steps to continue to, to better yourself in these conversations. Yeah. Man, well... Thank you guys for having two conversations with me. Um, Jeremy and Juliana are both sitting here in bucket hats. <laughs> like very trendy. We're sitting in a dark corner. We've got like 400 cherries over there. It's been great. Um, I hope that this is the first of many conversations. I'm sure there's a lot more that we could talk about around all these topics that could be helpful resources for parents, for uh, youth leaders for students alike. So thank you for your willingness to share with me and to tell me more about your seminar. I know that people who went to your seminar were probably encouraged and blessed. And now people who weren't there or didn't get to go to your seminar can learn from you guys. So thank you for your willingness yeah. to step out in faith. And um, everyone can follow us on social media, <laughs> SNLYM on Instagram or our website, SNLYM.com. If you have questions for us, for Juliana and Jeremy, um, you want to continue conversation, just send us a message. We'd love to chat with you and connect with you and listen to what you might want to share with us about how you were impacted by this conversation. So thank you, guys. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Bye. 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 <laughs>